0: good morning everybody. Hebrews 12 has been on my mind a bit lately um, for a few weeks actually and as I was rereading it to prepare for this morning um, I read the start and it really resonated again uh, especially with David going to be with Jesus this week. it's the verses where um, where it talks about the the race that we run laying aside, our sin uh, and distractions to run with endurance the race set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Um, and I, yeah, I just thought that was that was a little uh, a nice something nice from God again, as he does so often. But what I wanted to focus on a bit this morning was the last part of the chapter that talks about uh, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And reminds the reader of God's meeting with Israel at Mount Sinai, when God came down, the mountain was covered in smoke and fire, and the earth shook. And the people were were afraid. They didn't want God to speak to them face to face. So they asked Moses to mediate between between them and, and God. Um, so that's the context for these verses from Hebrews twelve twenty-six that I'd like to read quickly. At this at that time his voice shook the earth. for our God is a consuming fire. Let's pray. Dear Father, we give thanks that we can come before you in prayer. You are the author and perfecter of our faith. Without you, nothing we do will ultimately prosper. So we give thanks to you for your amazing generosity to us in so many aspects of our lives. Father, we especially want to thank you for David's life, and the legacy he passes on through Judy and his whole family and his faith in you. We pray for them now, Lord, that the hope in Jesus that David knows and taught his family and many of us would be a source of comfort as we look to what cannot be shaken. This year, Lord, has shaken many things that we thought firm and stable In your mercy, you have reminded us that so much of what we take for granted is not as solid as we think. You sent your own son to die for us that we might have a hope in an unshakable eternity with you forever. It cost you, your only son, to be able to offer us this freely, yet we still cling to things that will surely rot and rust and dissolve. Dear Lord, have mercy on us. Send your Holy Spirit to draw us to yourself. Bring us to rest completely in you and your provision. Placing us fresh insight and delight in the gospel that fills us until we have to share it with those around us. To be your hands and feet in our lives, sharing our time, resources, and most of all, our hope in a world that is lost we just pray this in Jesus precious name amen
1: thank you so much ben just move these things out of the way uh, <clears> The <throat> message i just want to just quickly share this this week really um, flows on out of our time last week. We had a great time last week where we focused on the real need for us as as followers of Jesus to to have a knock on the door, and uh, no, um, for us to to really have those tangible, real experiences of God. Uh, that it not just be about routine and, and uh, theology and religion and, and all the things that we do, but as we come, that, that hunger, that desire for those real tangible experiences that Ali prayed this morning you know, out of our worship, that we would just really sense his presence and his love around us and that those things really draw us on and in deeper into relationship with him and um, so so this really sort of flows on from that in a way uh, as as many of us this year Ben, ben mentioned that it's been a, a crazy year for us it's been up upheaval there's been all sorts of things happening in, in the world and and for many of us perhaps you're, you're feeling weary you're feeling tired and and I just pray God's God's blessing over you um, that that uh, you would sense his presence and that you would you'd know and come to, to feel and sense his, his love um, over you in, in those situations. I just want to, to pose a question, and, and it's just really one word question, and it, it is thirsty? Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Um, I think there was a, an advertisement campaign. I think it was for Thirsty Camel that just had that one word, "thirsty." I think it's pretty ironic that the things that was uh, sold at Thirsty Camel can't actually quench a thirst if you're actually genuinely thirsty. So that advertisement campaign doesn't actually work. Um, but any one of you has anyone here been really thirsty? I mean, not just just kind of you know thirsty, but like medically thirsty. <laughs> I had a situation in my life uh, where, where that was the case. Um, I, was, I went through scouts as a young kid, and uh, I'd previously had a, a long hike in the Flinders Ranges with my scout group. And my dad wanted to kind of bond with me and, and have some time with me. And there's so much in this story that I want to share, but I want to kind of save it, because it's one of the most amazing stories ever. But I just want to share one little part of it. And, and that is, we went with scouts during winter, and there were rivers flowing, there were creeks where we could get water where we went for this five-day hike. Uh, we didn't have five days, so we thought we'd sh- um, do, a, do a shortcut up through a gorge that was actually impenetrable. Uh, and we chose to do it in summer and all of the creeks had dried out. Uh, and so it was 42 degrees uh, and we uh, were in trouble. Uh, we had no water. And we found ourselves in a, in a survival situation <sighs> And we'd basically not got back to the camp that we were supposed to a day before. And for one whole day, we walked for an entire day from morning to night on a can of peaches in 42-degree heat. That was all we had. And we finally stumbled into a campsite, and by God's grace, there was a couple there staying. And we said, have you got any water? And uh, they said, oh, look, we don't have any water, but we can show you where there's a stagnant pool. Um, and so we went to the stagnant pool and we boiled the, the boiling out of it. And uh, we had about 30 cups of tea that night. And my goodness, they were the most impressive cups of tea I've ever drunk. And I could not get enough. I didn't even drink tea as a, as a lad, but from then on I did. Tea was an amazing thing. But there's something that happens when you're physically thirsty. Uh, your body reacts. There are symptoms. Your, your tongue swells. You get disorientated. You get headaches. Uh, in fact, when our kids come to us and they say, oh, I've got a headache, mum and dad, the first thing we say is, have you had a drink? No. <laughs> have a drink. <laughs> the, the drink is going to quench that and, and, and deal with those symptoms. But in the same way that we have physical symptoms of being parched and dry and thirsty we have spiritual symptoms uh, if we are spiritually parched uh, if we are spiritually dry uh, in the same way that our tongue swells and we have headaches and we're disorientated uh, same way when we're spiritually dry uh, we are not ourselves and it's important that we would take note of those those symptoms and ask the question why are they there am I spiritually thirsty Am I spiritually parched and dry and, and in need of, of the life-giving water that Jesus gives us? See, the reality is we're all created with a thirst inside us that can only be quenched by a relationship with Jesus. Every single human being, uh, all of you, myself, and every uh, person that has ever lived is all designed with this inner thirst that can only be met, can only be quenched in a true, loving, intimate relationship with our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And so, um, as, I was, as we we're thinking about uh, leading on from last week, Joe mentioned to me, what are you preaching on this week? And I said, oh, I'm not really sure yet. And she said, Psalm 42 is what we need to be focusing on this morning. So I want to read this psalm to you. Uh, and as I read it, some of you might start yourselves singing because you'll recognise the first lines are very popular in a, in a song that we used to sing. Uh, it is a psalm that is assigned to the sons of Korah. Uh, now, many of our psalms were written by uh, King David. Uh, some of the psalms were written by people we don't know, but some of them were written by the sons of Korah. A bit of a historical background, you might know, not know, but... Uh, Uh, Korah was a person that led a bit of a revolt against Moses Um, and he sort of had a question against Moses. Why why do you get all the glory? Why are you in that position? And uh, he was a Levite who was instructed to be one of the priestly clan. And uh, so Moses just basically said well we'll just give it to God and we'll decide who who is supposed to be uh, leading the people of Israel. And the ground opened up and Korah uh, and his family and everything got swallowed up in, in the ground. But Korah's descendants obviously had, had learnt uh, what it meant to, to follow uh, Moses. And they continued on uh, in, the, in, the, in Israel. And King David then appoints the descendants, the sons of Korah, to be uh, worship leaders. And if you look at this psalm, if you look at the structure, it's actually like a modern worship song. Uh, If you've got your your Bibles open, you might want to look at it. It has a verse, uh, and then it has a chorus, and then it has a verse, and then it has a chorus. And then if you actually look at Psalm uh, 43, it's actually used to be in the same manuscripts and part of the same psalm. Because if you look there again, there's another verse and if you look closely, there's the same chorus that you see in the chorus of Psalm 42. So here we have an ancient worship song that would have been sung and declared. And in the structure we have in the verses a lament. We have a, a despondency, a downcastness, a, a the reality of life being dry, And in the chorus, we have the realisation of who God is. And that yet, despite that being the case, the decision to continue to praise the Saviour and our God. So I'm just going to read through this psalm. And then I just want to draw out a few things for us to take away from this morning. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. Where can I go to meet with God? My tears have been my food, day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng why my soul are you downcast why so disturbed within me and here comes the chorus put your hope in god for i will yet praise him my savior and my god back to the verse my soul is downcast within me therefore i will remember you from the land of the jordan from the heights of hermon from mount mizar deep calls to deep man i love that phrase Deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. Day by day, the Lord directs his love, and night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long. Here's the repeat. Where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? And the chorus comes in again. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. An amazing poetic psalm. The verses have this lament and the choruses have this praise. I want to ask you a question. Are you singing most with the chorus or are you singing most with the verse this morning as you come to church? Uh, as you come in from your, your week and all that you've been thinking, uh, all that's happening in your life, do you relate mostly to the verse that's being spoken or is it on the chorus? Either is fine, by the way. Uh, here we have the reality of the human condition. And the reality of the spiritual journey that we all go through, it is okay to be lamenting. It is okay to be in a position of, of joy and passion. Uh, if you look at every single character uh, in the Bible, uh, each one all had their time of dryness, or had their time of asking the questions, God, where are you? In our church fathers, you know, uh, Luther, Augustine, Calvin, they all write in their diaries in times of great despair and depression. And so it is okay to be in that state. But I guess what is the remedy? What, is, what do we do when we find ourselves spiritually thirsty, spiritually dry? What, what is the answer to that? Where do we find ourselves first image of the the psalm as a deer pants for streams of water so my soul longs after you Uh, I used to sing that song and think uh, it is it is healthy thing to have a passion and a hunger for God and it is it is a right thing to be hungering and longing for and being on the front foot and, and coming with anticipation, hungry and thirsty for the things of God. And, and I pictured a deer uh, drinking deep from the, the streams of water. And I was thinking, yeah, that's, that's what this psalm is about. Is about that, that longing for and having a good, healthy hunger and a good, healthy thirst to pursue and push forward uh, into the things of God. But as you read the psalm, it's actually not about that. Actually, as you read the psalm, it is the reality for the psalmist that he has come to a point, and it's kind of like he's come to a point that he hasn't realised that he's got to until he's kind of, got there and he's realising it. He's remembering the time when he used to go to the temple courts, when he used to join in the festivals and the worship and the the fellowship. Uh, He's remembering the time of of drinking from the River Jordan and now he's in a time of exile. It's a time far away from that reality and it's like it's crept up on him and there's a sudden realisation. Oh, I'm dry, I'm, I'm thirsty, as, as a deer pants for water, so my soul longs for God. How did I get here? How am I in this situation? What's, what's happening within my circumstances? I didn't realise I got here. And I think it's, a, it's a, a wonderful poetic picture for so many of us in the busynesses of our lives, in the the fullness of our our diaries, that we go on and on and on with routine. And before we know it, we are, are like the psalmist asking the question, my soul is panting, I'm hungering, I'm longing, I'm desperate. How did I get here? How did I get here? i 'm thirsty for God. why am I downcast? So what is the psalmist 's antidote? What is his remedy for his situation? He says in verse, For these things I remember as I pour out my soul, I used to go to the house of God with shouts of joy and praise, and then it says um In verse 6, my soul is downcast within me, therefore, therefore, because this is the situation, because I've found myself in this reality, I'm going to do something about this, therefore, therefore I will remember you. I just want to encourage us all uh, this morning that the psalmist's uh, antidote for spiritual dryness is not to run further, not to pursue, not to, to to strive harder, but to simply remember what God has done for us. To remember that first love. To remember those moments. Uh, I wrote, I was talking with someone out of last week's uh, message, and they said, "I've got." I've got friends who, who we used to go, go through youth group with and I just long for them to remember the reality of those experiences that we had that were real and genuine. And I want those, those experiences to, to draw them back, to draw them back into fellowship and into to love with God. In fact, the psalmist talks about uh, the River Jordan and he talks about the mountain of Hermon. Uh, if you look, I'm gonna, I've got a picture here of Mount Hermon. Uh, you wouldn't have thought that you know, snow-capped mountains were around uh, Israel, uh, but there it is. Uh, this is around the reason, region of Caesarea Philippi. And it's, can, scholars would say that it's most possible that this was the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, where, where Jesus was transfigured before the disciples. But what we have here is also the source of the River Jordan. It rains here, and the little streams and the brooks all join together to form creeks and little uh, little rivers, and then they all flow into the River Jordan. And for the people of Israel, the River Jordan was the life force. Uh, there would have been no agriculture, there would have been no uh, community, it wouldn't have been a fertile place uh, without the River Jordan. And so the River Jordan represents that life giving flowing water uh, in a physical way. And in a poetic way, the psalmist is saying, well, that, that River Jordan is, is, is what we all long for to, to quench our spiritual thirst. How I long to go there again, and 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 in the geographical location that God has has called us to to again find that that rest and that 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 passion for God, and the psalmist is saying, I remember this place, and and I've got another map there. You can probably um, show here that uh, that little square there is is where the, the mount is, and you can see there. Um, up to the north, and then that flows all the way down through to the River Jordan. You see, Mount Hermon is the source. It is the beginning place of the lifeblood of Israel. And what the psalmist is saying to, to us today is if we are dry, if we are spiritually thirsty, if we are longing to again get back to that place, then we go back to the source We go back to the beginning in our lives and we remember the amazing things that God has done. We remember those moments. We remember those experiences. And all of those things culminate to draw us back and to bring us back to the flowing river that the deer pants for, that you and I pant for and long for. In fact... Jesus himself uh, spoke about streams of water. There was a story, we know it well, of a, of a Samaritan woman meeting him at a well. And it was at that well that this, this woman was thirsty and she came in the heat of the day because she was embarrassed about her life. And in the heat of the day, she's, she's looking for quenching physical thirst. And in a conversation with Jesus, she soon discovers that there's a longing in her that she didn't even realise that she had. And perhaps there's a longing uh, for some of us here today that we don't realise that we have until we get to a situation where we're like a deer panting for water. And Jesus says to this woman, you know what, I offer you a water that will never run out. I offer you streams of water that if you drink from it, you will never thirst again. And this woman says, give me this water, I long for it, I I hunger for it, I thirst for it. He says in John 14, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, the physical water, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. What a beautiful picture. The stream that we all long for, the flowing water that the deer longs to put its head in, is here. It's available. The deer would need to walk many miles to find water. Some of us feel like when we get to that dry spiritual place, it's up to us to look for and to find, to strive, to behave, to do things that will enable that, that life-giving water to flow through us. And I want to say to you this morning, we don't need to thrive. We don't need to long. We don't need to walk over mountaintops to find the rivers. Jesus is here. And he promises that the life-giving water is going to well up within us. And so I want to encourage you this morning... Uh, wherever you've, you've been at, uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps you've come to a point like the psalmist and you think, how did I get here? What's going on in my life? To come to Jesus, the one who promises to give the life-quenching thirst for each and every one of us. Now, what I find interesting about my children when they're thirsty is that they don't do the thing that's going to quench their thirst. <laughs> they don't have a drink of water. And so it is with us sometimes when we're spiritually thirsty. We don't do the things because we're in that state that we know are going to help us. We don't uh, speak scripture over us. We don't read. We don't pray. Perhaps we don't even uh, come to church because we're, we're downcast. And it's pretty ironic that the very thing that is the antidote is, is the, the, the longing to come and, and to speak uh, his truth over us and to, to have uh, prayer. And each week, we as a, a church offer prayer uh, in the prayer room or, or here at the front. And I think, how often do we let opportunity pass us by? when our circumstances seem to rise up against us, when our lives, when we find ourselves parched and thirsty, and yet the very, very thing that is there to help, to encourage, to lift up, uh, we don't pursue and don't uh, enter into. And so can I encourage you this morning, wherever you are at, that we long as a church family to get alongside one another how, how blessed we are to have each other, to, to be praying for, to be upholding one another in prayer. So can I encourage you, wherever you're at, you might want to come down uh, the front uh, as we sing this last song. You might want to meet with the prayer team afterwards. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for more of God? If that's the case... Jesus is here and he's offering the life-giving water that will will quench and will never run dry. Will you come to him this morning? If you don't know Jesus, now is an opportunity for you to come to him and for for you to, to accept all that he has done for you in your life. That you can come into a right relationship with him and walk with fullness of joy Uh, for all that God has for you. So we're going to sing a song. And it's a song we introduced last week. And I encourage you just as we sing now to be quiet in prayer, to be mindful of all that the Spirit is speaking to your heart. And you might want to just simply pray in your seat. You might want to come to the front. You might want to just take this moment if you are finding yourself spiritually dry if you're relating to the psalm this morning, to come to Jesus, come to the living water, let him fill you again, and let that, that overflowing experience, that, that tangible reality of him ministering to you, healing you, touching you, speaking into your life, may that just be the thing that, that draws you up and lifts your head this morning. Let's uh, stand together and we're going to sing this song.
2: hope and our stay. I just love that phrase, Lord. You're our steadfastness in this crazy world, Lord. Um, In the ups and downs of emotions, Lord, you are what remains, Lord. You're our security. And in you is that beautiful, deep source of life-giving water that we know will quench um, our deepest need. We just thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name concludes our service this morning thanks so much for being a part of it we just want to open up this area still and also our prayer room which is located um, at the back first door on the left Um, if you just feel like you need a little bit of prayer um, you're welcome to come and just stay in his presence this morning and the musos will keep playing for a short time otherwise out the back in the prayer room we've got people ready to pray with you Um, there's tea and coffee at the back thanks to our amazing coffee guys they're ready waiting to serve you so feel free to stick around and have a chat and um, have a hot drink Um, if the people in the back rows could please just remember to stack the chairs and just move them aside just to create a little bit more space at the back to to chat that would be wonderful but bless you all and um, have a great rest of your day and a wonderful week ahead